Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise Radio with the money guy, nobody better than Ray Lance. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Welcome to another beautiful, lovely Sunday morning when we don't have a lot of snow in the ground. And uh, we've been really lucky so far, haven't we? Unlike last Sunday. Yeah. The weather's been amazing. You know, we got really bombed with snow last year. This year, it's been like springtime. Yeah. So, welcome. Well, we have two guests with us this morning, ladies and gentlemen. We have, uh, first of all, um, one of my uh, favorite spouses of all times. Um, That's a nice way, huh? Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Welcome. Good morning, everyone. You've made his favorite list. That's good. My favorite. <laughs> his favorite spouse. I love it. You know? I tell that to my daughter, too. I have one daughter. I say, you know, you're my favorite daughter. <laughs> so, But you have to do that, right? You have to keep them on your toes. And welcome, Dagny Ashley, the New Bedford Director of Tourism. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thrilled to have you here today. You know, tourism plays such a major role in our local economy, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And we're going to be talking about that this morning. We're going to be talking about maybe some things that you might want to do if you want to work in the tourism industry. Maybe you major in marketing in college or something of that nature. Or you just have many, many years of experience as you have had, Dagny. Gosh, you've done so much for this city already. Thank it's you. It's really impressive. You know, ladies and gentlemen, and Phil, we're, we're thrilled this morning because both Dagny Ashley, our Director of Tourism for New Bedford, and Attorney Tenny Lance have done some amazing things for this city sure. that people don't know about. So we're going to educate you a little bit this morning and tell you how vital the tourism industry is for our economy. But before we get started, I always like to start with a little bit of general information about what's happening in the economy. Well, there's not a lot of good things. There's still a lot of turmoil in the stock market, for example. It's up, it's down, it's down, it's down, it's up, it's down. It's all over the place. We're still under the influence of China and what's happening with a really shaky, uh, wobbly Chinese economy. Uh, So pay attention. I'm sure a lot of people listening uh, to us today are not necessarily involved in the stock market. But if you happen to work at a company that has a 403B plan, maybe you're a teacher, or if you have a 401K plan at work, you're invested in the stock market, whether you know it or not. Typically, it's going to be mutual funds and things of that nature. Generally, our normal advice is don't panic and start to change all the things in your 401K, because even with what's happening in the stock market right now, you don't want to start moving things around and take losses in your 401k or 403b plan. Um, Mostly you need to sit and wait. We still have a lot of funny things going on with the Federal Reserve. Um, Probably we will continue to have the Federal Reserve holding the pace on rate increases for a while. Uh, They almost have no choice because of what's happened in the stock market and the economy and the price of oil has been shaky and it's been really low. You know, if you drive a car, we're all thrilled, aren't we, Phil, because the cost of gasoline has gone yes, way down. we are. I've seen it as low as $1.70 a gallon That's just awesome. recently. Some are not thrilled, though. <laughs> no, um, gas stations aren't uh, thrilled necessarily because they're making less profit and they have to compete and lower the prices. And um, in general, certainly the oil companies are not thrilled. 
you know, for a while we were saying what a wonderful thing this oil fracking industry is in this country because it means we can achieve energy independence. We don't have to import oil anymore. Well, that has created havoc around the world in the oil markets. And some of the big producers like Saudi Arabia and Iran continue to produce anyway because they don't want to lose market share. But the price of oil really impacts us all. From a consumer point of view, it's terrific. But uh, from the point of view of the oil industry, it's been a disaster. Uh, Thousands and thousands of people have already lost their jobs in this country, out in the western area especially, where they've been doing a lot of the oil fracking. Uh, There were boom towns and... Now they're no longer boom towns; they're bust towns. But let's talk about a, a couple of things. The generally, the stock market doesn't impact any of us uh, typically on a day-to-day basis. Uh, probably not most of the people listening to us. But you need to be concerned about what it does. What does it mean for the overall health of the economy? Uh, there are a lot of indicators that we watch every day. Um, what happens with the earnings season? Um, unfortunately, the Fourth quarter results are trickling in of what's happened with major corporations, and the results are not good. Uh, Walmart is closing a number of stores. Sam's Club is closing the store in Fall River, for example. So they're feeling the impacts of the economy. Although I do think the Sam's Club location in Fall River was a hard location to find and get to. Um, I had been there a couple of times. But uh, looking ahead generally, uh, continue to watch what happens in the stock market because that creates a lot of fear with a lot of people. Now, what I'd like to do is to come back and talk very briefly about the background of Dagny Ashley. And again, welcome to MoneyWise, where we're thrilled that you could be on. I'm happy to be here. It's not a typical topic for us, but it is a topic that relates to our local economy very much. Um, now, I know you've been a New Bedford's Director of Tourism and Marketing Uh, Since, what, about 2013, I believe? Correct. But you also spent a long time working in the various tourism offices in New Bedford, haven't you? I have, in Boston. In Boston, too, yep. Now, I know you worked uh, with Sheila uh, Martinez-Pina, who was uh, tourism director for a long time. You were with her for quite a while, weren't you? Yes, I was with her for 14 years. Wow, that's quite a long history. It is very long. And what did you do in Boston? Boston, I was the group tour manager and conference manager. For, for the, the city? State, for the state office of travel and tourism. Ah, okay. Well, that must have been interesting. It was very interesting. My markets were the um, United States and Canada. So okay. Lots of traveling, lots of traveling, attending trade shows, conferences, um, handling a lot of um, travel and tourism throughout the state. So um, lots of traveling. Let's just keep it that like that. So <laughs> when you were doing that kind of work, were you bringing, like, uh, were you helpful in bringing conventions into Boston? Correct. And not just Boston, all over Massachusetts. Okay. So when we were out promoting, we were promoting the state as a viable tourism destination. We worked with our New England partners, our other five New England states as well. So I, I had the pleasure of still promoting New Bedford while working in Boston. Great. Now, do we have good meeting locations in New Bedford where somebody could put together a large conference if they wanted to? I would say it's more of, more of the small meetings market. Mm-hmm. That's what we promote um, to some of those um, businesses that are looking to come to New Bedford for to host a small meeting. Um, we have venues that can host, um, you know, 100 people. Um, we have a hotel downtown now, which is awesome. 
Um, and it's also unique venues. A lot of um, businesses are looking for unique venues, and we sure. have unique venues. We've got a lot of good fish places to eat in town too, don't we? Yes, yes, absolutely. And so, um, so yeah, we don't have the the big Heinz Convention Center right. um, to do a large conference, large scale conference, but we can work with um, surrounding communities who can hold conferences, and mm-hmm. they can do trips to New Bedford. They do that um, occasionally during conferences where they do um, visits to other communities. So we work with them, and we do work with small conferences. What about a place like New Bedford Whaling Museum? I think they can hold around 250 people. They do, and they have a new venue that's um, in their new building, the Jacobs Waddle Center. So mm-hmm. we can host um, meetings there as well. So I think that's another great venue added to our list of unique venues in New Bedford. It is. It's a fascinating location. I mean, I've, I've put on some events for uh, Masonic organizations there for, before, and it's it's just a great location when you're in the room that has the – the whale skeletons hanging from the ceiling and things like that. Yes, and and it's also a, a great venue for weddings. Um, yeah, if that's I true. could just mention, this was a very unique request we got um, about a month ago to renew a vow uh, ceremony at the Warfinger Building, which is our visitor center. Hmm. So we hosted that for them um, for about forty people in the visitor center last Saturday. Nice. So it's a unique venue mm-hmm. space, um, and I think we have lots of those in the city. I wonder if we have um, the ability to have a larger meeting facility in town and if we would have enough business to support it. Um, we've used the only – I would say we, we have used State Pier mm-hmm. um, during the Morgan, and we outfitted that State Pier, which is a shell, um, for over 700 people for, for a gala. Which that was, was pretty a great am- event, by the way. I went and participated in that, and so did you, Phil. Absolutely. If that- I could blink my eye and turn that into a conference center, that's what yes. it would. Yeah. In fact, when Phil was up there speaking at one point, I was down below and I was making faces at him. <laughs> I think you were wearing a red jacket that day, Phil, if I remember. Good memory. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you had the hat. Yes. Remember the hat? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great event. Uh, gosh, we... We could certainly use a lot of events like that yes, in the city. That's that's on our wish list, a conference center. And one of the reasons I asked uh, Tenny, Attorney Tenny Lance, to be on this morning as well is because she's had a lot of history uh, doing things in the historic district, and uh, which certainly helped uh, since way back then and helped today to promote tourism because the cobblestones that are in the historic district, for example, Tenny wrote the grant applications that put those back into our city and the uh, – Reproduction gas lights and helped move buildings and a lot of work in renovating buildings uh, with Whale and her her tenure as Whale president. So all those things combined to help make this city the beautiful place that it is and the attraction that it is. Yeah, those are those are strong assets in our city. When visitors come to our city, they love mm-hmm. the cobblestone streets. They love the um, unique aspects of our downtown that you know give it that historic preservation look. And uh, folks absolutely love that. And we've just finished the annual reading event of uh, Moby Dick, which is a fascinating event every year. It is. So, um, Tenny, I know you have a a lot of pride in the city, don't you? Oh, I've had pride in this city for uh, decades, yes. It's a wonderful city. It has such an amazing history. It has so many wonderful people, so many cultures. Um, It's it's a place that I don't think there is uh, a better one to live in. 
and I know Dagny that you were actually born in the city and you were raised in the city and I have you've sort of come full circle. You began your career here, then you went to the state, and now you're back into Bedford again. Yes, yes, my heart never left. I I stood here and and commuted every day to Boston. So I was mm-hmm. going to say that must have been a terrible commute. Yeah, How many yeah. years were you? Six up years. There? Six years. Wow. Six very very long years. <laughs> <laughs> it was great though. I when you do something you love every day, uh, sometimes the the commute's not so bad when right. you when you're going to work and you love doing what you're doing. And I absolutely loved working for the state and promoting, um, you know, the state and in, including New Bedford. But um, when you love what you do, it, it you know makes it a little easier. It's not work. Yes, but Mayor it's nice- John Mitchell made a great choice when he tapped Dagny. Mm-hmm. Perfect choice. You've yep. done so much to enliven our area, Dagny, Thank with you. your expertise, your skills. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I hope to do more. Good, and we'll help. You know what I've wondered? This is not a question that was on my list of things I wanted to ask you about today, but I keep looking at Fort Tabor, and I ride my bicycle down along Rodney French Boulevard, which is beautiful, you know, um, not so much when it's cold, but um, it's just a magnificent place that you can ride or walk along the ocean um, and walk down to the fort. When I look at the fort, I keep thinking – what could we do to have more events inside the fort? Um, because I think that's such a marvelous venue. There's a reasonable amount of parking down there. Um, do some people have weddings and things in there now? Do you know? Um, they do. They do a small amount of things. The The inside of the fort is not structurally safe. Mm-hmm. It still needs a lot of preservation, a lot of work, um, lots of money. Um, mm-hmm. to fix the inside of it. So they don't like doing that too often because of the liability. Sure. Um, but on the grounds of the of the fort, definitely there's lots of events. There's different, um, the community center they use for weddings, parties, outside, um, but inside. And that's why it's locked because of, right. you know, some of the bricks are, you know, can fall at any time. They're not, it's not structurally safe. So I think um, for now, it's it's best that they I, don't do that. I wonder what it would take to, get groups together in the city like Whale, Tenney, and uh, the Historic Preservation Office and get some federal money and state money going and do a big fundraising campaign and make that building in shape so it was safe. I mean, what a great place for concerts. It would take millions, unfortunately. The inside of the fort is a series of um, vaults, roof vaults, that are um, rounded. They're not... Uh, gothic in the sense that they're not um, peaked. They're rounded and the bricks are are uh, failing in those areas. Mm. Both the the uh, material that keeps those bricks up there and the bricks themselves. And they've been doing that for a century. <laughs> so it would take millions to redo that for. And it there's always a choice as to where you put your resources. Sure. Uh, it's an absolutely wonderful facility. As probably many of you know, that fort was designed by Robert E. Lee when he was in the um, I had forgotten that. Corps mm. of Engineers for the country um, prior to the Civil War. It's just that it's uh, extremely expensive to try to get that place back in good shape. Boy, if we could ever find a way to do that, though, and, and make a long-term commitment to doing that, I, I could see concerts there. Um, many years ago, Tenny and I went to Greece for an event, and 
the culmination of the uh, tour and the program we were on was inside a small amphitheater. And I keep thinking of that when I think of Fort Tabor. And the sky was open. You know, there was no yeah. opening, no covering over it. And um, there was a red carpet when we walked in, and there was music, and there was dining inside. Mm-hmm. And it was just really a special, special time. Yeah. I keep thinking of Fort Tabor for that. Fort Tabor was the site last summer of our radio station's concerts. Right. Yes. Right? Yes. And uh, But that was on the outside, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, they, they were tents course. and so forth on the outside. Yeah, but overlooking the ocean yep. and uh, there were vendors who came by. It was beautiful. Families laid out on their blankets or mm-hmm. brought their chairs. It was beautiful. It was. Terrific. It was. The weather was great. So we do have a wonderful uh, facility. There's quite a few events that happen there oh, over yeah. the summer. Mm. It's a great place. Well, it's a real landmark in the city, and uh, I'd love to see it utilized even more. Well, uh, you were in the newspaper just recently, Dagny. There was an article talking about the Zaitarian and Portuguese groups announcing Viva Portugal event on May 7th downtown. Yes. And um, you were actually quoted in the article, and you said, uh, the Z is a master of ceremonies. When they put up an event, they do it top-notch. They do. They're just amazing. They have a great team at the Zaitarian Theater. So is this event on May 7th taking place at the Z? It's actually, so they are having, um, it's a ticketed event at 8 o'clock with a Fadu singer. Um, And outside, prior to that, from like 1 to, I believe, 6 or 1 to 7, they're having an outdoor uh, festa outside from, I'm thinking, on Purchase Street from spring to union or it might be from walnut to union um so they'll have vendors um and it'll be free to walk around but they'll have vendors that you could buy food from beverages art different things so i think that's an amazing event that they're putting together you know a full day event with all these other cultural organizations in the city well we'll look forward to that phil do you know if wbsm is broadcasting from there at all or that day Mm -hmm. i don't know but I do know this, all of the cultural organizations uh, that represent the Portuguese community here are involved, and uh, I thought it was just a perfect coup for all of these organizations and the Z to collaborate their efforts. First time. Yeah, it's great. Well, that's exciting. I'm going to be exciting. looking forward to that. that and the consulate's involved as well. Of course. So absolutely. it's just amazing to see all these groups come together for the first time. So Good. We'll have to make sure we get a lot of... Publicity up. Yeah, event. yeah. They make our job, make my my department, my job easier when they do these events. That and we exciting, can promote. exactly. Exciting too. It's exciting for the city. What What does tourism mean for the city of New Bedford? Um, is there a way to measure it in terms of what does it do for our local economy? For example, um, I'm going to ask you one more question, then I'll let you respond. I mean, we think of New Bedford, we think of the fishing industry and how much that does for us economically, and we have a strong manufacturing base. What does tourism do for us economically? Well, tourism does um, increase jobs mm-hmm. in the city. A lot of folks don't you know, see that trickle-down effect and how it does increase jobs. Um, it, it generates directly and indirectly an increase in economic activity. Um, and the city has an ad- additional local um, hotel and meals tax that a lot of folks don't know about. So that fund was set up to put back into the city. It's a tourism fund to put back into the city. So it's, it goes into the general fund. Um, a portion of, the, of, of uh, my department's t- 
total budget is derived from that, mm-hmm. and then the rest goes into the general fund. So it helps things, you know, with, you know, infrastructure, streets, roads, things like that. So that goes back into the city, and it, it, it produces, you know, over a million dollars a year um, in that fund. In that, just from that uh, meals and Just and from that additional and meals and rooms tax to go hmm. back into the city. Um, so a lot of folks don't know that within the city. Um, another, um, another way that it puts economic activity back into the city is, you know, goods and services. So if you have an increase in, you know, restaurant, um, sales, the taxes, of course, but also they buy foods, they prepare foods. They have to buy from, you know, maybe they buy from Sid Wainer, maybe they buy from other local businesses, um, housekeeping supplies. You know, if the, the hotel's constantly booked, they have to increase their housekeeping supplies. So all those things have a trickle down effect on our local economy using local businesses to supply sure. those needs. So it's it's more than just the things that we can typically think of, like putting people in hotel rooms, putting people into restaurants. Correct. It's all this, all the people that work in those industries. Correct. And it's all the suppliers that provide supplies for those industries, whether it's linen companies that, you know, clean sheets for the hotels or yes. something. If they have to, you know, if there's transportation services and they're doing more transportation, they have to buy more fuel all those things are, you know, direct ways that the local economy is, is feeding off tourism. Well, we, we have an a absolutely wonderful city with, you know, beautiful historic buildings. We're on the waterfront. We've got uh, boat ability, you know, boating ability. We've got uh, tours of the harbor that take place. So there's a lot because of our natural uh, geography that we have here. Um, how do you measure? How can we measure what the tourism industry is worth in terms of dollars? Is there a way to quantify that? So the state does and the county does. Um, for the city, for us to do a study on that, um, we're, we're looking for ways because we have a small budget to um, access a grant to work with UMass Dartmouth um, on developing um, a study, mm-hmm. an economic study for the city on tourism. Um, it costs anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars. We don't have that in our budget right now, but we're looking for ways and grants that we can utilize. You know, the UMass services to to come up with that study because there hasn't been one. Maybe we can get a corporate sponsor. Exactly. So, so, if there are any corporate presidents listening today that might want to pair up with the tourism industry and help uh, finance a study, that would be a good thing for yeah, them and the, to do. Yeah, and the study could be used, you know, in many other ways. You know, economic development would love to, you know, have their hands on that study. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that in Bristol County, they do measure. So as a county, they do, on, the, on you know, and for the state. Bristol County, uh, it provides 3,000 jobs and $400 million in industry-related revenues. Mm-hmm. So that wow. we can find out um, quarterly, every year through the State Office of Travel and Tourism. Okay. So it is good to measure results uh, in that area, certainly. And um, how many people do you think come and visit our city every year? How many visitors do we get? So when I came in on in 2013, there weren't any numbers um, readily available. Um, they're pretty much the, the office was probably dormant about four and a half years or so. Okay. So there wasn't any data um, that I could pull from. So what I what I did is when I came on, um, in 2013, I started collecting those numbers. And then mm-hmm. when I'd call to get those numbers, I would say, do you have your 2012 numbers that you could share with me? So these are aggregate numbers. So there's probably a lot of overlap. Same people that have went to the military museum maybe went to the whaling museum or to the national park. Sure. But we take all those numbers and, and pull them together. Uh, in 2013, there were 671,000 
visitors. Wow. 2014, thankfully to the Morgan, um, there are about 720,000 visitors that, to the city. That's pretty amazing. Um, we're talking with Dagny Ashley, who's a new director, relatively new director of tourism and marketing for the city of New Bedford. When we come back, I want to talk to you about what do you do outside of New Bedford also, like with some of our surrounding towns, and what's the impact of your office there. But uh, we're, we're thrilled to have you with us this morning, Dagny, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. We're talking this morning with Dagny Ashley, who's Director of Tourism and Marketing for the City of New Bedford. We also have with us Attorney Tenny Lance, who's done so much in the Historic District and so much to help New Bedford. And it's a pleasure to have you both with us this morning. Tenny, I just want to ask you a a couple of quick questions. Um, Whale has done so much for the City of New Bedford, the Waterfront Historic Area League. Um, I guess... Why don't you say a word about why people should consider joining Whale and becoming a part of Whale? Whale is an organization that's been in existence for more than 50 years, so it has a uh, credible history. It is an organization that has very little in the way of staffing or office expenses and spends a great deal of money raised to help the city in various preservation activities. I mean, Whale was the... uh, moving force behind the whole renovation of the historic district, so-called 10-acre revival that's down uh, at the lower end of William and and Union Streets and so forth. Um, They were responsible for the Zaitarian Theater renovation. They were responsible for the um, uh, cooperative housing up on County Street in the old Grinnell Mansion, so many things that Whale did that it's almost difficult to list them all. Um, Whale is a wonderful organization. It's been recognized nationally and by the state for its uh, benefits that it produces in the city. I think that uh, if anybody wanted to place their money in a worthy cause, they could support Whale. Good. Well, that's a nice synopsis of Whale, and and, uh, you've had a lot of history with it, and you've had a love affair with Whale, and you had a love affair with uh, the city of New Bedford and the surrounding towns as well. And this is Attorney Tenny Lance. Tenny, if somebody wants to talk with you, I know you do a lot of work in the area of estate planning and Medicaid planning and nursing home protection. Uh, how does somebody reach you? Sure. Please call us at 508-998-8800. We're located over on Fonts Corner Road uh, in Dartmouth across from the Vanity Fair. Do you have a website? We do, www.lancelf.com. Dot com. Okay. And, uh, Dagny, I'd like to come back and ask you, as a follow-up, something that you mentioned just before the break. You, you mentioned the fact that the office had been dormant for a while, the Office of Tourism. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think it was about four and a half years, I think, you know, when, um, you know, the, um, the city's budget, um, mm-hmm. the Office of Tourism was taken out about four and a half years prior to me okay. getting there. So this is really quite a vote of confidence um, by Mayor Mitchell and, and by the city in making sure that we're investing in tourism uh, because we should. Um, how many people work in your office? Uh, myself and my assistant marketing manager. Wow, so you've got... Two people. Two people mm-hmm. doing all the tourism work. Two people. Do you ever do... Um, do you have volunteers? We get um, from time to time interns. Okay. And we, we've had some amazing interns. This last summer I had one from Bridgewater 
um, state, and she also works for the cable access. Mm. She does some volunteer work there, too. And so she was an unpaid intern for the summer, and she just did amazing work. So it's great to have interns and get them involved. Sure. Um, whether they, whether they, you know, their their main focus is tourism or it's advertising or marketing, um, or video, it's just great to get them involved because we have so many aspects under tourism that we can sure. we can invite interns to. Well, there's a great marketing department at University of Massachusetts yes. in Dartmouth, and yes. I would be willing to bet that they might be able to. Yes, have we've had interns from too. there as well. Great. Um, I can remember, and this goes back a little ways, and I'd like to pay special tribute to a wonderful lady in this city, and that was Marilyn Poulos. And I'm not sure if she was a volunteer for the tourism office or the historic... She was a docent at the uh, uh, Whaling Museum. At At the Whaling Museum, okay. She was marvelous. I mean, she was so powerful in her voice, and it was... I mean, sometimes I'd walk by in the sidewalk, and I'd... She'd have a group of 20 or 30 people that she was leading down through the oh, historic yes. district talking. Yes. And I was so fascinated that sometimes I'd just sit and listen just because I wanted to hear her speak. But uh, <laughs> And great hot pastrami sandwiches. Oh, yes. <laughs> Maxie's delicatessen was phenomenal. We go back a long way with Tom and Marilyn. Oh, you bet. Now gone. But um, is, is anything like that being done now where that somebody could take a docent or, or – a volunteer and have a little tour through the historic district. Well, the national park does tours. Okay, they do two um, two times a day, mm-hmm. um, free, and um, they do those believe from Memorial Day through Labor Day, and they walk them around the district. They talk, mm. you know, they give them the history. I think they do two tours. One is on um, the whaling era, and one is on the Underground Railroad tour. Nice. So. I, w- I would be willing to bet that many people in the city have never been to the National Park headquarters. What a wonderful space that is and it what is. terrific yes. uh, displays they have. Tells the entire history, whether it's whaling or the the cloth industry or all those sorts of things. Um, well done displays, very interesting, lots of brochures and material, movies. And, yes, they and they have an outstanding team at the National Park, and they have about... I could be wrong, but it's around seventy plus volunteers. Wow, that's so they have a, they exciting have a, to hear. Yeah, so we def we definitely always reach out to the national park for for Good. assistance because they're a great resource. So there is a room for volunteers for people who want to volunteer. So I guess one of the things I'd like to say to people listening today to, to our Money Wise Show, a uh, little unusual topic, is do something in New Bedford, join Whale, become a volunteer, become a tourist in your own town. You know, visit some of these places. You don't have to travel far. There's so much to see. We've got the Military Museum down at Fort Tabor. Um, gosh, there's so many things to see in this in this city. We actually do a campaign in October called Hometown Tourist Weekend. Good. And that's to draw folks from, you know, New Bedford and surrounding communities to be a, you know, a tourist in your own backyard. Now, do you interact at all in local towns or do you collect information on what's happening with Westport wineries, for example, or oh, yes. Mattapoisett Days and Mattapoisett, and yes, it it, def- it definitely adds to the New Bedford itinerary when they're looking for a winery to go to, or mm-hmm. you know they can't stay at the Fairfield Inn. So we definitely work with our partners in Fairhaven and Dartmouth and mm-hmm. Westport, um, and even farther. We have partnerships with Fall River. We have partnerships with Newport, Rhode Island. We have partnerships with Plymouth. Um, we're all the, we're all in the same boat. 
Sure. We're all, you know, vying for the same tourists to come to our area. So when it's such a, a small area of 30, 40 minutes to drive to another destination, visitors don't see county lines. They don't see city lines. Right. They see the attraction and the destination. So working together only, you know, it behooves us not to. Well, we have so much to offer in this area, don't we? Yes. We have so much history. We have the Underground Railway. Um, we have the fact that the whaling industry made this city the wealthiest city per capita in the country around the 1850s. And as a result of that, a lot of the beautiful mansions were created that we enjoy. I mean, we have magnificent architecture here. Uh, central uh, Downtown uh, Center of Fairhaven has got magnificent buildings. Mattapoisa does, too, and some of the surrounding towns. But we've got beautiful architecture. I'm constantly amazed when I drive through the center of Fairhaven, for example. There's just magnificent buildings there. There is. Buttonwood Park in New Bedford was designed by Frederick Law Olmsted, (coughs) internationally famous landscape architect. We're so fortunate. He He did a lot of the parks in downtown Boston as well, Olmsted. How about New York's Central Park? Not a bad little bit of designing, huh? How about New Bedford's Custom House Square? How about that? <laughs> our little our little piece of heaven That's downtown. Right. Now, I was looking at the website for the tourism office, and one of the things that it was a list of famous people that have come out of New Bedford. And I have to put a plug in for um, a gentleman whose last name was Robert. And I don't remember his first name, unfortunately. And he did Robert's Rules of Order. And why is that important? Because every meeting that's run in the country and around the world is typically based on using the principles of Robert's Rules of Order, who came out of New Bedford. Written at the First Baptist Church on William Street, yes. But I'll tell you one more thing that you probably don't know, Dagny. I can tell you something today that you might not know. Mr. Robert, who wrote Robert's Rules of Order, was a Mason. And the reason that he wrote Robert's Rules of Order was to keep order within the Masonic meetings because they weren't always orderly. And so as a way to keep order, he, being a Mason, created Robert's Rules of Order. So that's really the derivation of Robert's Rules of Order. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. We also had, um, well, I won't go too far afield with that, but in any event, um, we have a lot of things in this city that are really interesting. I'm glad you mentioned him. I'm wondering, do we have any plaque designating this, uh, you know, it's a, it's really a wonderful tourist uh, attraction to have a plaque, perhaps at the church, that's going to be renovated soon, right? Yes, yes. Just uh, stating, hey, this was the actual location where Robert's Rules of Order were written, mm-hmm. used around the world, right from this spot. You know, just a little... Yeah, no, it, I, I, that's I, a good I, idea. We have, some, we have some talented folks, I'm sure someone's already mm-hmm. stirring on that. Yep. You spurred me on. I'm going to do a little research. I want to find out what Masonic Lodge he belonged to also, because wherever that lodge is, there should be a plaque also. And I and think- we, we list all the, you know, the, the plaques and the monuments and the, you know, outdoor art sculptures in our um, seaport uh, district sure. brochure. Yeah. So if folks just wanted to do a walking tour by themselves, it kind of shows them where, where these plaques and these uh, mm-hmm. monuments are located. I was chatting with Joe Lopes. Sure. And he's down in Fort Myers. And this would be a wonderful project for all of the Masonic Lodges to chip in and do something really beautiful. You know, 
I'm, I'm just imagining a a plaque, some kind of a bronze plaque of some kind. Mm-hmm. Sure. That emulates the Masonic Lodge. I will follow up on that as a project to find gonna... out what lodge she belonged <laughs> right. to. I'll, I'll research that, and I'll let you know also, Dagny. <laughs> so we're talking yeah. with Dagny Ashley, who is the Director of Tourism and Marketing for the City of New Bedford. Um, and you've got great projects and things that you're doing. And yes. we also have Attorney Tenny Lance. Dagny, did you know that um, Attorney Tenny Lance wrote the first draft of the legislation to create the uh, historic park district in New Bedford? I was just told that. And Very impressed. Then I went from there to Barney Frank's office, and of course they made further changes. And There was, was a wonderful committee that went along with that. Um, pretty much the Bennetts were the, were the moving force in that whole activity. You mean Arthur, um, Arthur and Jean Bennett? Arthur and Jean, oh, yes. yes. They were wonderful. Still very active. In yes, very active. Did you work with Tony Souza at all? Tony Souza worked for me oh, at the Office of Historic gosh, Preservation. That, huh? And then when I left to go to Governor Dukakis's, uh staff, Tony took over as the Director How of Historic Preservation. How interesting is that, Tony? Wow. Huh? And then it he went to Wales. long history. <laughs> Tony has done wonderful things not only in the city but also down in uh, Florida on yes, the west Sarasota. coast, Sarasota, mm-hmm. Florida, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So yes, uh, Tenny has uh, worked with them for a long, long time. What I keep thinking about in your role um, is how busy you must be, especially from spring to fall. Must be almost every weekend. It's there's actually an activity all, in the city. It's it's pretty much all year long, I, and and that's a good thing. I think that's a very good thing, a good problem to have, but. We would think, you know, when I worked at the state tourism office, we would have these months where it was pretty quiet um, because folks in the state were busy. All the tourism industry was busy. In New Bedford, I don't, we haven't seen that break yet. So it's constant. You know, there's always events going on because I think we just have a good, a good group of people in the city that are passionate about the city. And um, organizations like, you know, the Z that just put together this huge collaboration – the Whaling Museum, they do huge collaborations. Um, and there's so many more to list, but it's it's always, you know, a revolving door that there's always something going on. Um, Is there some place, some central calendar that people could go to to say, gee, I'm going to be in the city a week from uh, Sunday. What can I do? Absolutely. We just did a brand new website about a year, a little more than a year ago. The website is amazing, um, if I must say so myself. And easy um, to navigate. It is very easy to navigate. Um, design principles um, put that together for us, and they did an amazing job. It's just very um, user-friendly. There's a huge calendar on there that's always you know, full of events from now throughout the summer. We, what we do is uh, um, we get people to go to the website. You click on Add an Event, and you can add the event yourself. It comes to us, obviously, for approval, to make sure that it's, you know, a legitimate event, and then we, you know, approve it to the website. But it's the, it's the easiest way to add events to, you know, a city's website. Mm-hmm. And what we do is more of tourism-related. So not so much the, you know, um, rummage sale or, right. or things like that, but we also have a calendar for that on the city's official website. So that there's a community calendar, which encompasses the tourism events that are going on, as well as the community events. The tour, DestinationNewBedford.org just covers all the tourism events. Now, Dagny, your office is located right in City Hall, correct? It is. And I think you're in uh, room 119. Is that on the ground floor? Correct. Somebody wanted 
tourist information or wanted to know what was happening over the next few months, could they walk into your office and yes. get materials? Yes. We have brochures in our office. Um, you know, our office is where the work happens. So we're the right. destination marketing organization. Um, Memorial Day through Labor Day, we also run the visitor center on the waterfront at the uh, at Pier 3, the Warfinger building. Mm-hmm. So that's open Memorial Day through Labor Day where people could go in there and get information. But um, after Labor Day, the the office is used by Harbor Development. So their offices are there. So the the building's still open. Visitors still come in. We still have a volunteer there that sits there and answers visitors' questions if they come in, you know, in December or January. There's still someone there right. um, that volunteers to answer those questions. And if somebody wanted to call you and talk to you about events or just – ask you questions in general, how would they reach you? What's your phone number? It's 508-979-1745. Okay. 1745. Is that when New Bedford was founded? No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it was founded earlier than that, wasn't it? Yeah, much earlier. And, in, in a, you know, they can also go to our website. It's destinationnewbedford.org. And we're on every social media outlet possible. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Flickr, YouTube, just look up destinationnewbedford.org and you'll find us. And who is your assistant project manager? Is that still Ellie? It is Ellie. Ellie Forgotta? Ellie joined our office in September. And she recently, went, um, prior to that, she worked for the Southeastern Mass Visitors Bureau. Nice. So we're both CVB girls. Good. Um, I have a question to ask. And is there ever any, anything during the course of the year like a central planning meeting where maybe – the tourism people get together from your office and Whale and the Park Service and any of the other organizations, the maritime, uh, the, the museums, the whaling museum, uh, military there's, museum. There's many meetings that happen throughout the year, um, and we're all pretty much at some of the same meetings. Right. So we're on, you know, the AHA committee. We're on the national park. Um, they have a committee right now, a planning committee, a strategic planning committee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, different me- meetings at, you know, the Whaling Museum or um, local cultural organizations that put together meetings. So I think we're all intertwined. Okay. Um, Whale is also a part of the um, Seaport Cultural District Executive Committee, which is run out of my office. Um, and we have quite a few, a good 13 people from the downtown area that are on that board, and Whale is part of that. It would be really interesting sometime to see a list of all the various organizations that comprise publicizing, marketing, New Bedford, um, all the individual organizations like the Whaling Museum or the a military museum, they all have their own little uh, particular agenda. Um, are there any uh, unusual or exciting events that are coming up uh, this year that you might want to mention? Well, um, starting, you know, right off the back in um, March, we kind of call that our, you know, pretend kickoff to kickoff kick off to the uh, spring and summer, which is the, you know, the, the marathon. Um, but once that happens, I mean, it's just continuous. There's so many events going on sure. every weekend that it, sometimes it's hard for us to keep up. You know, folks are calling us. We need, you know, brochures. We need information. Um, and I would say that um, one of the new things this summer, um, besides event-based, um, is the, the new service from C Street to um, Nantucket. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a pretty big deal this summer to have an additional ferry service. Will that be? Is that a definite thing? Is that it is definitely definite. Coming? Yes. Great. So we'll have ferry service from New Bedford to Nantucket, and we already have ferry service to Martha's Vineyard. Correct. And of course, you can fly an airplane from the New Bedford Airport out you to can. the islands as well. 
Yeah, we have so much to celebrate in this area. I mean, we live in an exciting area, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to remind everyone that you're listening to Money Wise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. And our mission is very simple. We want to show people how to protect your family and how to protect your money and how to save your money. And I'd like to give a quote. One of the favorite gentlemen that I'd like to quote, um, he doesn't have a lot of quotes, but he's kind of interesting. And that's Warren Buffett, probably the greatest individual investor we've ever had in this country. And you've heard this, but you may not know where it came from. It was Warren Buffett said he has only two rules for investing. Rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. And we've all heard various uh, interpretations of that, but it was actually his original quotation. I think he ought to come to town since he has a factory down in the south end. What do you think? Would that I be think a tourist so. attraction, yeah. Dagny? Yeah. Well, he actually uh, sold it, but that was his, that was yeah, his beginning. One of his former ones, right? New Bedford was really his beginning. Um, yes, it would be wonderful if he could adopt New Bedford as that's his. That's what yes, I'm saying. Yes, yes. <laughs> his uh, particular turn that empty space into a conference facility. Here's an idea. Well, yes, <laughs> yeah, I mean we're all talking together. Why don't you write a letter to him and say, since your beginnings were here, these adopt are some us. of the exciting yes. things that you're doing, yes. and why don't you adopt us and help us promote our city and our region even more? That is a good idea. Wouldn't that be a great idea? You bet. I like that idea, Phil. That was a good idea. Well, we're talking with Dagny Ashley, who's the Director of Tourism and Marketing for New Bedford. And speaking of adopting, I have another uh, thing to mention. I assume that there are no end of volunteer activities that people could get involved in if they wish to, uh, whether it's pounding nails or uh, doing copying or greeting visitors or whatever, how would they best find their niche, Daphne? They could they could call our office because we did develop, um, I want to say it was the, could have been the second summer, we started a, a hospitality team, we call it. We call it the Destination New Bedford Hospitality Team. So we have a small group of folks that have volunteered um, to do events. So sometimes, you know, like at the Joe Jesus 50s, 50s night, we have a table out there. Um, with brochures and information on the city. Well, it's hard for us as a two-person office to do all these th- these events constantly, so we have volunteers, mm-hmm. and they'll staff the table and give information out to folks. So they can just call our office, be added to the list, and then we contact them um, when we have things going on. Our office is pretty small, so um, it, it, it's only enough space for two people and maybe an intern. So it's not like we have this wide-open space like the visitor center where we can have folks coming in to volunteer. It's a very small space, but we have um, lots of events in the spring and summer that, you know, even into the fall, that folks can participate in. Um, and you could point people in directions of other organizations if they wish to do other kinds of volunteering, right? Sure, sure. They, the, you know, the National Park has volu- a huge volunteer base. The Whaling Museum has a, um, you know, great docent program. The Zaitarian has a volunteer usher program. So there's lots of programs within the city that could, you know, folks could get involved with. Well, mostly I'd like to encourage people to think about New Bedford and our area and have a new sense of pride in New Bedford in our area. We have incredible history. We have incredible beauty. We've got wonderful architecturally significant buildings. We have a world-class museum, world-class museum. In the Whaling Museum. When's the last time you visited the Whaling Museum, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, it's spectacular. When's the last time you visited the Military Museum? 
or the glass museum or went to the Zyterian. So you need to support these activities. We're looking forward to the um, Viva Portugal event on May 7th downtown. And mostly, Dagny, I'm so thrilled to have you on the radio show with us on MoneyWise this morning. Dagny Ashley, our Director of Tourism and Marketing for New Bedford. And gosh, you know, we're going to have so many wonderful more things to talk about because of what you're doing and you and your assistant are doing. Thank you. Thank you. I think we have a good team, you know, and that goes across, um, you know, all city departments. We work with a lot of city departments on a lot of the events we do. And without them, it wouldn't be possible. So I think, you know, um, kudos to Mayor Mitchell for putting together an outstanding city team that everyone works together and gets the job done. It makes all of our jobs easier. No, it's great vision for the mayor and great vision for the city council to reopen this office of tourism and to have you back in that position. And we're, we're very grateful that you're there. And I'm grateful thank to you be for there. being here. And Tenny, as always, thank you for be, what you've done for the city of New Bedford. And thank you for being here and tell people what your phone number is one more time. It's always fun to be here. Our phone number is 508-998-8800. Well, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, you can be a tourist in your own town as well. And uh, my timer just went off to tell me that (laughs) my time is up. So thank you for listening. We're going to be talking about credit counseling. We're going to have our district attorney coming on in the next couple of weeks and talk about elder financial abuse. Thank you so much for listening to Money Wise.